Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Project Loving Myself podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. In all the chaos, if you can just stop and breathe, it'll do so much more wonders as opposed to reacting to your first emotions, whether you're happy or sad or angry. It could save you your life. Trust me. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. What's up, wonderful people? How are you all doing today? I hope you know that you are loved no matter what and that the universe always has your back. So have faith, believe in yourself, and let the dice roll. So today I have a very special friend of mine on our show. He is one of those people who has always motivated me. He was instrumental in me starting my own podcast. And about five years ago, I was a regular guest on his radio show. And he said to me, Sanaya, one day you're going to have your own show. I balked at that time, but here we are. So I guess he was right. And now to have him on the Project Loving Myself podcast. Well, I'm so excited to be on the other side, interviewing him on his personal development journey. And I plan on taking this opportunity to dig deep into his soul. I want you to meet Anthony James Bueno, better known as DJ Tony Tony from Magic 899's Boys Night Out. He is definitely one of the most outgoing and outrageous people I have met, who radiates positive energy and shares good vibes with just about everyone. But did you know that beneath the surface, he is a very deep, introspective, and spiritual person? It's time to stop hiding in the closet, Tony, and tell us what's really going on in your head. Welcome to the show. Wow. Congratulations on your podcast, first and foremost. I told you. And uh, thank you for inviting me. I know we planned on doing this way back when you first started, and I kind of replied really, really late. So, yeah, thank you. And I'm happy to be here. I really am. Well, I'm really excited to see what's going to come out of this episode. Over the the last, what, five, five, six years that I've known you, every now and then we have these like deep, you know, intense conversations. And there's always something really interesting that comes out of that. So I love the fact that we can do this now and share this conversation with everybody who's listening. 
Yes, uh, you know, um, I'm also a client of yours, so it makes it easier and a friend. So it, it was a pure yes when you invited me and and to do something like this, even though I don't normally talk about my personal side on most platforms. I've had some instances where I've talked about somewhat of my private life and what I do on my me time, but I have never dug deep or explained thoroughly as to how the progression went on this kind of platform. Usually it's like a friend, a family member, I don't mind talking about it, or someone that's actually very open-minded as well, you know, because a lot of people will think that, okay, I'm just, I'm just talking shit. Or no way, no, not this guy. Whatever, this guy is just all about partying, women, and you know all the fun stuff. So why is that, Tony? Like, why is it that you have two really different sides of you? I mean, there's the DJ Tony Tony that we hear on the radio, and that's a very distinct personality. And then there's this whole other side that I think your friends know, people you know who can connect with you on a completely different level. And there's there's a lot more going on, you know, in there. So why don't you let everyone see that? I think the personality that, that people see me on the radio, the personality that Tony Tony brings is is definitely somewhat a part of me. I'm not saying it's an eighty percent, maybe it's a, a fifty sixties maybe percent of who I was and am. Because what I say who I was was when I was a kid. That's I've always wanted to just do whatever I wanted to do. I think being on the show makes me like a like a Peter Pan. Like I get to be like this little kid in the toy shop or like in the toy kingdom or Kidzania. You know, when you step into Kidzania, the kids go crazy. That's how I feel when I go inside the booth. And I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed the the medium so much. And it carries over. It's like a domino effect into other things in, in my life. But like I said, I came to a cross point or a crossroad where things were going well career-wise, but I was still like, is this it? Am I just going to be the guy that just parties, goes out, and meets random women? What's next? Or how can I get to the next level? As I was growing or getting used to the Philippine lifestyle, because I only moved here in 98, 99, and I think that was the early stages, moving here, being on my own, was when I really dug deep. And, but I really didn't know about introspection. I didn't know about listening to your intuition. I didn't know any of that till probably a year, two years later. And I just followed my gut feel, or at least I, I tried to dig deep for some reason. I didn't, I didn't know it was digging deep, but I was just like, when you're alone, you can either, either be fearful or you can just go in attack mode and handle life as it comes. Or I can uh, just go back home to Canada. You know, it was, and there was no plan B. There was only a plan A, and that was to survive. And I think because of that hardship and the struggle at such an early age, or at least in this country, it opened up a new avenue for me to, to, to seek somewhat a higher purpose, you could call it, because I was searching for answers. I was really searching and trying to find out if I'm really supposed to be here because I had a gut feel at 14 years old that, I was going to be in the Philippines. Like I knew it. When I came here on vacation, I knew it. I'm going to come back. 
Like I was only here for like a couple, couple weeks. And I said, I'm coming back. That's it. And my mom was like, okay, whatever. There's no way you're going to move to the Philippines. You know, I was 14, 15. And she's like, okay. You know, when you graduate, she's thinking, okay, probably he's just talking shit. <laughs> 18, 19, I, you know, we had family issues with, with the family business. I didn't want to work for them. I didn't want to work for my mom. Me and my brother weren't so great. You know, we were always arguing over work. I was basically told to manage the place, or at least I would be managing the place, but it was under my mom's rules. And so a long story short, I decided to leave and I ended up here and my parents were furious. Me and my brother weren't on good terms. And I just decided to like, you know, this is it. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm so grateful that I, I did do it. But at the same time, I, I did, you know, it, it did a, it, it built a scar between my, me, my mom, my dad, and my brother. You know, we, we were, it took me six, seven years to actually reconnect genuinely, you know, because we just get the calls or we wouldn't even talk or they just complain if they talk to me. So it was really tough the first few years here. And it was only in probably after seven years that Boys Night Out started. But I already had figured out that the whole conditioning of the mind, conditioning of your thoughts, how you're thinking, the people you associate yourself with. I was very careful with who I hung out with or how I spoke. But obviously, there's layers to that. So you're not always going to be perfect. But the, the technology of just thinking positively, waking up and being just thankful. And at that time, I didn't really know too much about the attitude of gratitude. That was years later and the concept of it. But I was just trying to get through life one day at a time. You know, um, Tony, Tony, I think it's also quite interesting that whatever was going on in Canada, you like ran away from it to find your own life, right? And that's why there was that that sort of disconnection from the family for seven years because essentially you wanted to escape from all of that, right? But it is also that circumstance perhaps that I would say influenced you to look for answers because, you know, when you're disconnected from family or you're disconnected from your past, and you really don't have anything to rely on. Sometimes that's when the stage is set for you to actually look for something beyond. You know, and a lot of people's journey, whether it's spiritual or even religious, well-being, a lot of this starts out of a space of conflict. And we are trying to work out whatever's going on. We're trying to understand ourselves better. And then we start asking those questions. And I think those seven years... That's what it took you to kind of find peace and perhaps come to terms with everything that you had to leave behind, you know, to find this new life that you created. Would you agree with that? Definitely. I mean, now me and my family are great. Like uh, I went back to Toronto to say my side of the story. This is only after I started making money, though. I could not <laughs> go home. I couldn't go home without making There's no <laughs> There's no, I was going to lie. You know what I mean? There was no way I was going to, yeah, everything's great. You know, I'm making bank, but really it's like, I don't even have a bank account. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> that happened because when I first moved here, I didn't have, I couldn't, I couldn't establish a bank account because I didn't have the proper papers. I was Canadian. I, I wasn't Filipino. So I couldn't open up a bank account. I didn't have enough money. You know, I wasted the money on like women, drinking, taxi. It was, you know, rent was, you know what I mean? It, it adds up after a while. And 
the good yeah. things in life, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think you're right. Sometimes you have to get, you have to go through the, you have to see the the bad first to find the the greatness and the good out of your life. And and that's why I appreciate you know life more so now and my life personally and everyone's story of success. I I don't really look at where they're at. I want to know how they got to where they're at. I think that story, because it, it, I can almost uh, relate and it kind of brings a smile to my face whenever I hear stories of, you know, from, from how, from any business, how it starts, you know, and it just grows. And that's why I'm, I'm really blessed to just do what I do or do what I love on a daily basis. I think it's so interesting also that you said you didn't want to go home until you had, you know, money at a bank account, because I can imagine that that was one of the major driving forces to create success because you couldn't go back empty handed. Like that would be like your tail beneath between your feet, right? That expression. And I think that it really motivated you to make sure there, that's why there was no plan B, right? You had to make it. Yeah. And my mom and I were so alike that I will never let her win and she will never let her win. But I mean, you know, I mean, she she'll always want to be the winner and I always want to win as well. So it was just I had to gut it out. There's no way I was going to fail in this country. I had no choice. There was no choice but to, to but to make it. I didn't know when I would make it, honestly, because, you know, life of a broadcaster in this country doesn't make a lot. So I was like, who cares? I'm doing what I love. Let's see where it goes. And because of that, you know what I mean? Because I love doing what I, what I was doing, even though I wasn't making money and even though I wasn't totally happy with the partners I was with, uh, eventually after like, yeah, six, seven years, Boys Night Out started. And it's a funny way is, is would people really wait? If, if someone said, okay, I want you to wait seven years for success, do you think people would wait? Probably not. Uh, what? Hell no. You know what I mean? Like, where's the fun in that, though? Even if you are willing, if someone did tell you your future, everything, where's the spontaneity in that? Where's the excitement, you know, the zest of building up to working and then not knowing if you're going to make it or not? And that's why I'm so grateful for the boys because there's no way I would have been able to do it without those guys. And it's funny that I don't, I don't tell my mom, but in my head, I, I tell her I'm the winner when I see her, you know? <laughs> Because now everything is great. You know, I apologize, even though I don't think I was wrong. But, you know, I mean, parents won't ever back down. They'll always think they're right. So I had to be sort of uh, let go of my ego and apologize and, and tell her, hey, sorry for, for leaving, but I had to do what I had to do. Um, and I think they know that I'm serious because, well, I've been here for 21, 22 years now. So I think they know that I am more mature because they thought that I would be out in the gutter, you know, just wasting my life in this country because uh, they felt that there was no, there was no future. There was no, you know, with the, with the uncertainty, the, the unstableness of the government, you know, it was all negative. And that's why I cut them off because it was just, it was too toxic, you know, and sometimes you have to cut that off just to be strong enough and, and, and believe in yourself that you can do it despite the circumstances that, you, that you're faced with. And sometimes I catch myself being in this country. It is, it is quite frustrating, but you just have to catch yourself at times where when all the toxicity comes at you. It's actually great. To, it's a great place to actually train yourself, the yeah. Philippines. <laughs> it's like 
chaotic, man. But I mean, this is this is the best place. There's so much growth, honestly, to be had here. But also, I think what's great, something I really want to highlight is that sometimes when you go about trying to prove someone else wrong, that can be a very big motivation towards success. So in essence, you were trying to prove to your parents that what they were thinking was wrong and you could make a success, you know, and that was a really huge motivating factor. Yeah. But I think it gets to a point where you stop making it about showing them what you can do. And at that point, I think success really takes off because then you're really doing it because you're passionate about it and because this is something you're meant to do. I just want to add one more thing, actually, Tony, to that is that it's also something I think a lot of people can learn from your story in that, you know, a lot of people don't do what they love. Because like you said, there are some jobs that just don't pay that much, you know, and if you've had, you know, if you've gone to school for a while, you've had, you know, you've gotten a degree that took you five, 10 years, you invest all this time and energy, your parents don't want you to go and like do something that may not have any future, which is why, you know, I can understand a lot of parents do get in the way of people's dreams. But at the end of the day, I feel like if you do something because you love it and you're passionate about it, it's just a matter of time. I mean, for you, it was seven years. For some people, it's like 15 years. And for some people, it's just like one or two years. And I think it's how quickly we learn and how much we need to experience before we're ready to accept that success that is due to us. You know, and sometimes it's not about that short-term success, but it's about how much we'll grow as we walk and move towards the success, the goal or the vision that we have. What do you think of that? Yeah, definitely. I think the reason why I brought up my family is because I knew that me being more stable financially and being on a on a program that was quite that's pretty successful, it can be draining as well because you'll never be satisfied if you are on that trying to prove to someone, whether it's my mom, my dad, my brother, to always try and prove and prove it doesn't end. It's a vicious cycle and you end up burning out. And I, and I saw that right in 2006, seven. And when I was, uh, I was actually doing, um, uh, a seminar called the the Landmark Forum. I, I my friend had taken it, and he's like, "Yo, why don't you do the the, the basic?" And I end up doing the basic, and then you know how they're so convincing, so great. And then I took the another took the, the the advanced course, and then they wanted me to take a, and I was like, "Okay, you know what? I'm putting my foot down." But because of that, I went to go see my folks and cleared the air and told them that, "Hey, I, you know what?" Things are great, fantastic, and I, I want to invite you over to the Philippines. I want to, and I wanted to share what has happened with me on because I understood that no matter how much I make, no matter how much I do have, if you can't share it with the ones that you love, there's still something going to be empty. You know, there's at the department that it's going to be lonely being at the top, and I didn't want that. I wanted to include my family despite the distance. But no, you know what I mean? And, and it helped me to like settle down. It helped me to like calm my nerves. It actually made me less of a workaholic. I was like, you know, nonstop. I, I learned to like balance because there was nothing to prove anymore. And everything was just 
proving for myself now. Do I want to work today? No, nah, I don't want to work today. Do I want to work tomorrow? Okay, let's work tomorrow. So now I have full control. No one, the anger from my mom doesn't control me. The anger from my dad, my brother, none of that. And it took that seminar to see it, but it takes another thing to act upon it. I could have went there and then not done anything, you know what I mean? And not learned from it. So the growth I got from that seminar is great. It was exponential. Uh, it also helped me be more empathetic to, to other people and more mindful because I think before I was, I was just like, yeah, the world, I deserve this. I should be here. Not, you know what I mean? Not there. Uh, but now it's, it's totally shifted and, and um, it's, it's quite different. My mindset is very different from, from 2005 or totally. I think what I'm hearing is like you made peace with yourself, you know, and you made peace with your past. And I think that's when it becomes pure passion. That's what motivates you because it's coming from a place of strength instead of a place of weakness, which I think is something you should definitely recognize about yourself. And I'm sure everyone who's listening right now is feeling very inspired by what you have shared. Yeah, um, it, it, it wasn't easy because, uh, you know, holding that anger for so many years, it will carve something out of you and it will build layers uh, of strength, layers of, of toughness. But you're also sacrificing your vital energy, your vital force, because you're doing you're battling yourself. It's an inner battle. And that's tiring. You're going to hold that for the rest of your life. Hell no. I mean, I wanted to get rid of it as, as quickly as possible. A lot of people won't. Like, my mom won't. My mom will always have that chip on her shoulder. She'll always feel that she's right, even if she's wrong. And if she is right, oh, good luck. You know what I mean? She'll just shove it in your face. So I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to be a person of just, you know, let it go. Just let it go. You know, it's so much easier to just let it go. But uh, that's not in her vocabulary. Um, <laughs> So I, I also learned a lot from how she is over the years. And the distance actually helped our relationship as, as mother and son. You know, it was a very toxic relationship between me and my mom because she had so many expectations of, of her son. And there was so much pressure on my end to be something. But I didn't want to do anything that she wanted me to do. So this is like a breath of fresh air. And... I'm so happy that I get to do what I love on my own terms. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to leave the nest, I think, to find out who you are without what your parents raised you to be or who your parents raised you to be. And I think when we truly find ourselves and we know who we are and we go back to our parents, the relationship changes and it yeah. becomes one of mutual respect as opposed to, you know, I'm your parent and you have to do everything I tell you. You know, what? I, I think that's one of the greatest things that has happened because my mom is from that kind of family. Whoever's the eldest has the authority, whether you're, you're telling the truth or you, you are telling uh, the, your side of the story. It's always the elder that gets the authority. And, and for me, it's not about that. For me, it's the truth. I feel that the truth should be the authority and not the eldest person in the family. You know what I mean, you don't have to follow, you have to follow your grand grandfather. You have to follow your grandmother. I'm like, no, I don't like their viewpoints. I don't think their principles are, are right. And I had to prove it to them. And it, it just it just so happened that, like you said, I had to leave the nest and do it on my own and make something of myself. 
And thank God I did. I couldn't see <laughs> myself like going back home with my luggage, you know what I mean? Leaving this country and, and failing. There's no way. But that's okay as well. If I didn't make it, then that's fine. You know, that's life. And I think through the years, I, I've been more comfortable with myself, where I'm at and how things are going. And the pace, I, I've gotten used to the, to the to somewhat the slower pace. Unlike before where I always had to hustle, always had to do this. I always had to have this, do that, be that. But now it's more of just taking it one day at a time. Like it's just that, uh, living in the moment. And I enjoy it. That's so powerful, honestly, to be able to get to that point in your life and, and to feel just so grounded and centered in who you are. I think that also listening to your story, it, if I look at it from the lens of healing, I think that what you work through was a lot of resentment and maybe the feeling of being rejected or regret. And you work through all of that and you did a lot of forgiveness. And I'm, I would imagine that Landmark Forum was a lot about making peace and forgiveness. And I think forgiveness is one of the most powerful emotions that we can ever use in our life. Because once you forgive something, it doesn't have the power to hurt you anymore. It doesn't have the power to get in your way. And it doesn't suck that energy because you talked about life force energy. And when we're holding on to all these negative feelings or emotions or anger, whatever it may be, it literally drains our body of life force energy. And I think when you can replace all of that with forgiveness, whether we're forgiving ourselves or we're forgiving whoever it is that we've had conflict with, I think that is the greatest liberator. That's the biggest freedom that you can achieve. And that's when you can be who you are. And that's what I hear, you know, when, when you're talking, I'm like, wow, this is someone who has really created the freedom to express himself and be exactly who he wants to be. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, it wasn't easy. Like for those that are listening to this, it, I, there was a lot of people that I had a lot of mentors. I had a lot of people that to, to talk to if, in terms of for insight, like I'm, I'm a client of Third Eye Wellness. So, you know, Sanaya has worked on me a couple of times, not as much as she would like to. Uh, that's just because of me just <laughs> always skipping the, the, sev- or the classes or the seminar. <laughs> so true, by the way. Sometimes I have to chase Tony, like you're due in for like a session with me. And, I, was, uh, <laughs> I, I, I already prepaid the session like last, I don't know, was it last year? It was last year, right? I paid for like two or three. I, I did one or two, and then I I still have one more, I think, and I never I never took it yet. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's I know it's there, but you know, I mean, it just takes me a while to to go, and I, I always wonder why it takes me forever to like go back. It's only when I I think when I my cup is full, that's when I decide. Okay, that, then I I think I really it's it's I I have my tolerance. To, yeah. to handle all the BS is, is quite high. So I'm the kind of guy that likes to wait right at the last moment and say, okay, you know what? I need to, I need to talk to Sanaya. <laughs> you know, we, we say that sometimes our clients go through avoidance or they, um, you know, they keep kind of resisting whatever is yeah. about to come out in a session. And then all the excuses come in. Like, you know, I've got all this going on. And it's so true. It's also human nature is we wait for things to get bad before we yeah. do anything about it. Like we wait till the point where it's like, okay, I really got to sort this out. And I think that one of the things that I see you've done is you've really taken charge of your health and your, 
lifestyle. And that's one area that I've seen you really kind of grab the bull by the horns and you've just kind of, you know, you conquered that. So tell me about that. Wow. In terms of fitness and health, it was 2012 was when I started to, to work out because we had joined or a client of ours had asked me to endorse a certain product. It was a shampoo product, but I didn't have any hair. And I was like, okay, uh, they want to get me to endorse this product. I'm like, what? And obviously the, 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 the theme of the product was fitness. It was a, a football that they were pushing for. So I was like, oh my God, I haven't played football since I was like a kid. And so I said, you know what? Let's go. Let's train. So I got a coach. I got a trainer. Started playing. I even joined all women's team on, the, on a Sunday. On a Sunday early morning, I would wake up and I was, I was pretty heavy. I was at least 180, 190, two, almost 200 pounds. And I was like, oh my gosh, my knees are going to. You know, but I, I needed to lose the weight. I need to pick up the skill real quick because it was, you know, I mean, it, it, it didn't need to be part of the contract, but I wanted to look good for the endorsement. And 20, 2012, then, then another endorsement came, which was uh, a seafood brand. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. So I also had to watch what I was eating and also hitting the gym. So from 2012... To now, to make a long story short, it was only 2018 of December, November of 2018. I was like, yo, I keep on working out. I keep on, you know, going to the gym. Aesthetically, I was not happy. Internally, I was, I was fit, conditioned, but I felt like I was still kind of heavy. I wasn't light. I wasn't sharp. And... One of my friends in the States had mentioned this product and it was uh, organic. It was superfoods. And I was and the only superfoods I was on prior to that for the for the year was was maca and a few other stuff, spirulina. But I, but this was totally like 40 days detox just on superfoods. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I bought that in November, December. I come back home. I bring it from the States, bring it back home. We sit on my counter and I would look at it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not ready to do a 40 day detox. I think that's just, uh, I want to do it when I'm ready. You know, when I'm going to really do it, not cheat. So 2018 comes December, New Year's passes, January 18. I had celebrated my birthday and I had way too much to drink, which was on the 18th of January, 2019. And I said, okay, that's it. I woke up on the 18th. And I said, that's it. Let's start this. I don't want to drink. I, I want to watch what I eat, really watch what I eat. And then from there on the ninth, on the 18th was my last drop of alcohol of 2019 of January. And I did the 40 day detox religiously. Like I was, uh, I just felt lighter. I felt better. After 78 days, I took a nutrigenetics test because I was like, this is not sustainable. You know, just organic stuff. Like, this is not this is not good. You know, and I was going to the gym. You're not supposed to work out. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'll always go against the grill. You know what I mean? The rule said, don't work out. I was here working out. And everyone was like, my trainer was like, yo, you're losing a lot of weight. You're losing mass as well. And I was like, 
oh, I'm on this 40-day thing. And he's like, oh, okay, uh, maybe you want to eat a little more. And I was like, oh, we don't eat. It's just superfoods <laughs> three, four times a day. And, and then that's it. Uh, he's like, yo, um, uh, you're going to need some foods, like real food. you know." And I'm like, yeah, don't worry. So after 78 days, I went to a genetics test, my, nutri- my nutritionist, and I said, hey, can you get me a food intolerance test? And then I, I kind of saw what I what was really happening to my body in terms of the foods I would take, what would bloat me, what would be good for me, what wouldn't be good for me. And I slowly started inserting fish and that was okay. And I said, I think I can do this fish and veggies. And ever since then, yeah, that's what I've been doing fish and veggies. And it's been great. Um, And it was not really a religious thing. I was more on just a personal standpoint on, on my body. It, it's just my body breaks down veggies better than it does meat. And, and I don't do dairy anymore. Uh, I love cheese. I love milk, but that's it. But it wasn't hard for those that are wondering, was it hard to just stop eating meat? I haven't eaten beef in like 2005. So cutting out the chicken, the lamb, uh, pork wasn't hard at all. Like, I mean, you know, uh, it was, it's tempting but it wasn't difficult to cut it out. But it's tempting when I see it. How did you feel, Tony, especially during the 78 days? I mean, that must have been just an incredible experience of being in your body with just no solid food and it's just organic superfoods. I mean, what yeah. was that like? It was incredible because you can tap in for those that do meditate, for those that manifest or in, like want to manifest. It's, it's like instant. And so you have to be more careful with what you think and the thoughts that you, because what you wish for or what you think can happen. And it's quite dangerous, especially if you know, you know that, you know, your, your, your power or your, your energy to, to manifest things at will is, is quite unbelievable. So if you're thinking about something bad or negative, let me tell you, it will hit you in the face, in your ass. I mean, like, you have to be you have to be so disciplined, actually, after any kind of a cleanse. Anytime your body has like no food in it and you're just on this high vibration because of like the nutrition yeah. and the diet. I mean, yeah, your manifestation is just gonna be like tenfold. Yeah, because when I was on the superfood and the veggies, you know, what I mean it, your body is it 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 you know leaves Greens is the easiest to digest, to break down for the body, um, as opposed to meat. And, and for those that are wondering, well, what am I talking about? You know, we, we are all, all living beings. You know what I mean? We all have some kind of information within our, within our cells. So anything that's living, everything's living. But I mean, anything that's living, like animals, they all have emotions. They all have information. So you're, when you eat that, you know, I mean, I'm not saying stop eating meat to everyone, but I mean, this is just a fact. Everything has information. So when you eat that animal, whether it's chicken, whether it's beef, pork, no matter what it is, it has information and, it, and it's harder for the body to break it down. Uh, obviously, fish is is the least, uh, well, greens is the least and then fish. You know, I mean, it's easier to break down, but for others, they can do, they're, they're vegans. I, I had to eat fish because I was just, working out and not I couldn't eat the greens like two kilos 10 kilos of greens a day like come on it was just too much I was right. I was 
Uh-uh. And I think you just have to listen to your body. Just listen to it. See how it affects it. See how it unfolds. And you will lose weight. You will gain weight. But uh, slowly listen to it and feel what works for you. Not what your trainer, your nutritionist, but what works for you. Only you know what's best. If you don't feel well, if you feel weak, add meat, fine, whatever. But I, I'm just saying that I just cut it out. I mean, if I, if I ever go back, it, it's just going to be probably a small portion. It's not going to be like a plate because I can eat very, very, very little. Um, but meditating wise, working out, wow, I was, I was much lighter. I could last longer in terms of basketball. <laughs> I was playing, I used to play 20 minute games, probably one or two, one or two games, you know, I was doing three or four 20 minute games, but I got injured only because my, I was pushing my body and you got to realize when you stop eating or stop feeding your body with a certain kind of food that it's used to your body shifts. So you, you have to go carefully, tread carefully. You have to stretch. And I didn't do this. I didn't, I didn't listen. I was just like going out there, going full blast. Cause I'm a, you know, I mean, I, 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 I feed off energy and, and, and during, and I'm very competitive as a, as a, as a player. So I was playing another game. I was playing my third game and I jumped up. I was, I was playing a 19 year olds thinking that, you know, this, this, this 30 plus year old guy <laughs> compete with these 19 below group. Uh, uh-uh, it ain't happening. I'm never playing with 19 year olds again. You know, I think you got you got a little too trigger happy. Yeah, yeah. And and it was a sign to slow down. Actually, it was a sign that had to told me, yo, slow down, take it easy. Yes, your body's 18, you know, but don't don't think it's gonna do things that it's 18. You feel like you're 18, but it's not 18. That's what I meant to say. And it it took six months and I had to I was not even I couldn't even do legs for six, seven months. And I was just doing upper workouts and core. Actually, I just focused on my core for like six, seven months. But it, it taught me a lot to just slow things down, you know, balance and just tread carefully, you know, and take care of yourself. It's like you said, you really got to listen to your body. Yeah. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. Hello, fellow podcast listeners. Hi, my name is JC Tevez. Just dropping by uh, to say hello to you. I do have a podcast. If you want to listen to it, it's called Tevez of the Best. I just talk about my own life. But you might learn something new if you stick around over there. I just try to make it relatable. So it is available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast on Podcast Network Asia or whatever you listen to. Okay, so maybe after this one that you're listening to, give this one a shot. Tevez of the Best, thanks. And see you there. Later. I also, um, I liked what you said, Tony. You talked about how everything is information, you know, from the animals, the plants, the fish, everything is information and essentially energy. And um, you mentioned how when we're eating all of this, our body's taking in all of the information. And that kind of reminded me of something that, you know, how the animals that we eat are treated and in what conditions they're killed or even, you know, how they are taken care of while they're alive, a lot of this actually affects us because we're eating that energy. And that's why there are a lot of these different, I think it's like religions, they have different ways of killing animals that are a lot more humane. Like there's like kosher meat, right? Yeah. Yeah. They pray pray over the animal before they put it out. Uh, Because those emotions, 
get embedded in the DNA or embedded in, in the meat that you eat. Yeah. So whatever emotions they're feeling as they're killed, whether it's, you know, uh, prayed over or not, you will feel because those are living beings. It's like eating a dog, eating a cat. Would you eat your pet? You know I mean? It's the same thing. So that in itself, I was more mindful. And it's just so weird. It, it just that all of this just happened just before COVID. Two years before COVID, I was already, I think, training my body because I was living a very, very crazy lifestyle. You know, I was drinking. I was going, ah, I wasn't sleeping, you know, odd hours. You know, your days are my nights and my nights are your days. So it was not the healthiest because I was still working out. So uh, I was like just burning my vital energy. You know what I mean? And that's why I do a lot of alone time. Me time is like, you know, I need it because there's just, I'm just exerting so much of my energy uh, when I'm awake. I really need the, that time alone and, and that me time. And, and I, I cherish that. Like, and that's probably why I've, it's not, it's an excuse, but why I've been single, you know? And I just take it as it, it is what it is. You know, I don't, I don't worry about it anymore. I used to like think about it, you know, but no, now, now it's, I am where I need to be. Like, I love it. Like, I- you know, that, that's really true, though, that as a public figure, right, you are going out there and interacting with people, whether it's on the radio, whether as a brand ambassador, as a host. And as you are out there interacting with people, you are taking in all their energy. Every time you go to a club, every time you're interacting with people in these different venues and spaces, I mean, all that is is energy exchange between you and all these other people. And I think for anyone who's a public figure, anyone who's constantly on social media, they have to kind of really take that time and space to go in and to kind of have their me time because you need it to like re-energize. You need it to rejuvenate. Because I think that, Being out and connecting with people, and I'm talking about like different kinds of people, it can drain your energy if you're not careful. Oh, definitely. I think it was 2005, even before Boys Night Out, I had already said, what if I become famous? What will will I do? There was a point, there was one point where I was, anxiety was building because I wouldn't be able to handle it. So how do I find that balance between being successful and sustaining it without doing a Britney Spears, a Miley Cyrus, uh, Lindsay Lohan, you know, uh, Robin Williams, Chris Farley, you know, all these guys that I looked up to or all these people that we look up to as, as personalities, uh, movie stars, what was wrong or what had happened to them. And it was just losing the sight of, of just, I guess, being mindful and, and their health in terms of mental health. You know, at that time, it was more on just peace of mind. I called it peace of mind. And until now, I still call it my peace of mind. It's so much more, more than being in a, a toxic relationship. You know what I mean? So I based that. So in 2005, I said, okay, I will do whatever it takes to just get my mind right. I don't want to be that personality or that famous person that shoes off people or ha- you know just does a Jerry Maguire you know just goes crazy i want to i want to be mindful of everything i want to be in con- i want to be at least have the right mindset and doing what i'm doing not to just be fake in front of the camera or on the mic and then everything is so happy on on the surface level but internally i have demons i didn't want to have those demons and so meditation was was a bit tricky 
because I didn't know what I was doing. But as I kept on reading and I just going through the process, I think that's what it is. Because because I have ADHD, I think I really do. So you know, sitting still, breathing is not one of my was not one of the easiest things. And then I just kept on doing it, and, and I kept on also praying wherever, whenever, and that sort of like kept my anxiety and and my worries uh, like really really low. I wasn't as agitated, worried, or negative. It really, really calmed my nerves down. And over the years, it just got stronger and stronger, the practice of it. And eventually, you can just sit anywhere, no matter how chaotic, no matter how someone's mad at you, uh, no matter what girl, who's throwing stuff at you, you can actually just embrace everything, close your eyes, and just breathe, you know, even if you're getting slapped. Not that I have been, but I'm just saying, like, you know, in all the chaos, if you can just stop and breathe, it'll do so much more wonders as opposed to reacting to your first emotions, whether you're happy or sad or angry. It could save you your life. Trust me. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've stopped myself from doing and saying things because of, you know, the breathing technique. But that, it, it took years and years of just trying to figure it out, you know what I mean, and understanding it. And I'm still trying to understand it, you know, because it's a process that I'm figuring out and, and, and studying still. Like it's always, a, like you said, I'm always in search for something. I think you've really highlighted the importance of finding your Zen, you know, finding that inner space, that balance. I think you approached it with breathing and also with your lifestyle changes and finding your me time. And I think it's really important for everyone listening to, to understand that, that as we are all, you know, exposing ourselves to social media, to information in this world, and just, you know, generally life, life is always throwing different curveballs. And if you aren't grounded like a tree, if you aren't strong, then you're going to be uprooted. You know, you're going to fall, you're going to be affected. And it's very difficult to come back from, you know, a, a giant fall. It's very difficult when you have been so affected by things to overcome it. You know, cause it's like, it's a spiral, right? Like you get, yeah. you get affected by one thing and then something else and it all gets compounded and suddenly you're in the deep and it's so difficult to climb out of it. Uh, you know, like you said, this industry, you're meeting different energies. People, some people are toxic, some people aren't, but you never know who you're going to meet. So you have to really, really protect yourself. You don't want to be that person where, you know, a fan wants to just take a photo or say hi and you're grumpy you're angry, you're mad. You know what I mean? You don't want to do that. You do it because you love what you do. And I didn't want to come to that point where I'm angry at people for listening to my show or, or wanting to just talk to me. I didn't want to come to that point. And so I really had to stay grounded. And, and it's not hard. It's not, it's not easy. You know, the, ca the lights, the camera actions, it, it takes a toll on people. I've seen some people change because of the lights, camera actions. And I, I made it a point to always come back and, and, and try and stay grounded. And that's why a lot of my friends are not in the industry like you. You're not in the in it. Well, now you are, you know, now you're you're going to be super famous now. You know, you you brought me in, Tony. You got me into this. <laughs> hey, I, I'm just a bridge. <laughs> you have to walk across the bridge. Yo, I ain't going to drag you. I showed you the way you I I just put the bridge you decide to cross it. So I think that is my purpose is to help or 
uh, show people the way and then it's up to them whether they want to take the highway or hell. <laughs> I show them both. It's a fork. Well, it's always every single person's choice, right? Yep. What they sign up for. Exactly. That's why, you know, I love what you said also about the Hollywood celebrities, because that's exactly what I was getting at, that if we don't take care of ourselves, especially our mental health, if we don't have our own practices, our own way of recuperating from all that energy that's around us, if we don't have our own way of tuning into the inner peace or, you know, finding our Zen, then exactly what happened to a lot of these Hollywood celebrities is what's going to happen. You know, you can't cope. Um, there's depression, there's anxiety. You know, there are people who lash out because they can't handle all that energy and all that pressure that's coming from outside because there's nothing inside to hold on to. You know, there's no like inner strength. There's nothing to to help you stay balanced despite whatever is going on. And I think this COVID pandemic is the biggest lesson for people because, I mean, everyone's got issues, right? Everyone's got their Achilles heel, like something that is their weak point. But I think what COVID has done is it has triggered everyone's weakness to the point that we have no choice but to deal with it because we're all being confronted by it. And we don't have the distractions of regular life. We have to kind of face our inner demons and we have to sort ourselves out. So what has this situation done for you? Honestly, I've been living this life, you know, being alone anyways. So the solitude is, <laughs> it just made it more intense. <laughs> and now I have more time to, to meditate. I have more time to, to actually zone in on, like to, to do more introspection, like solid, like I'm reading more. I never read. I like audiobooks when I'm showering. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm 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 on this uh, uh, right now. I'm on this guy named Anthony Williams. He's he's such a great. He's all about foods that heal, you know, from celery the the uh, to different uh, fruits, the veggies that actually heal the body. And I'm a big fan of his. You know, I mean, I bought his books. I bought my mom a juicer, and I sent her the book. I actually sent her the book and now she's like, oh, I feel so much better. And I'm like, hey, I told you. You just listen. Just, yo, trust me. And so it's given me more time to to actually study more about myself. Things that I put off, I'm actually doing. Things that I would never read up on or touch up on this year probably, I'm actually touching up on. And um, I'm also learning that I don't need to be with a woman physically. Like I can go seven months, you know, it's, it's great. And, and I'm still alive. I thought I was going to like, you know, be powder. Yeah, that Will, was... Will wonders never cease. I thought I was, I thought I was just going to like, you know, dry up, you know, on my bed. And then the police are going to come and how did he die? Oh. Uh, lack of human connection. Huh? <laughs> Is that even possible? Yes. He's the first, but yeah. Um, it's made me actually all the years of me being alone has actually prepared me. There was probably a few weeks into the into the lockdown, the ECQ, that I was anxiety was building in. So I I, I had joined an NGO, and then it kind of got crazier with the with the cases, and then I decided to stay home. And that's when I finally like was able to like okay, you know what, things are out of hand, but you're gonna be okay. Just go to your spot. And, and on the floor and just breathe. And I started doing 
yoga again. I started doing some breathing exercises. I started watching uh, a lot of these YouTube videos that would do new moon, full moon meditation. So I, I, I was, and then from there, I was like, okay, this is great. It's fantastic. So I, it was kind of uneasy. And then it's, it's ever since May, June, July has been, it's been good. Cause I went back to work May 11. So things were picking up. At least work was a bit normal. And then June 23, we shut down the studio because there were so many cases coming up that we were working from home. So since June 23, we've been working from home. And it, it was frustrating working on a computer when you're so used to working with people around you in a, in, a, in a medium where you're interacting with another human. Now we're interacting through a computer and it, I'm still not, you know, satisfied, but it'll do. You know, it, it, we have to, it's, it's something that we have to learn to adapt. And I think that was one of the things is adapting. I've learned to adapt with our situation despite how I'm used to working. I think that's a thing. Not to let the frustration get to you, but to just be like water, you know, uh, just uh, eventually flow. just flow. Yeah. Just flow with the computer, with the glitches, with the internet, with, you know, uh, the lack of, uh, of phone calls because we can't interact. But now I, I found an app where now I can interact with our callers and they can call me now. So, uh, yeah, it, it was it was a bit stressful on the technical side, but... I mean, on a personal standpoint, I think I've always been ready for this for some reason, like being alone, you know, staying indoors, alone indoors for seven months is not my cup of tea, but it'll do, you know what I mean? It'll do you for did now. It. And you did it, you know, you figured out how to make it work. And I think that for a lot of people, especially those people who are living alone, I think the human connection, that is the most challenging bit. But, you know, as one of my clients told me a couple of weeks ago, she said, you know, when you can't go out, go in. If you can't connect with people outside of you, use the time to connect with yourself. And that's really what you did. But, you know, Tony, it kind of leads me to this other question I had uh, for you. And this is really about relationships. So I know that, you know, you've, you've been really successful as a radio show DJ, a host, event host, influencer, brand ambassador. I mean, you've single-handedly achieved so much in your career. But as you've said, if you focus on one thing, then other things might have to take a back seat. And I know that your love life is something that was on hold for quite a while. And that's from some conversations that we've had over time. So do you have any regrets about that? What are your thoughts today about love and relationships and I want to add one more thing is, why can't you have both? Why can't it be career and love? And, you know, why can't it be the whole package? I think now I see that where I am in my life, definitely it can be, you can have both. It's just, you can't have everything all at once. And I, and I don't think it's the end yet. You know what I mean? I, I've had relationships, friendships, and I consider them just as valuable just because I haven't had a girlfriend or an, you know, I mean, a, a, a steady relationship uh, with the opposite sex doesn't mean that it's, it's, I've never been in love or I've never had, you know, uh, uh, a somewhat of a friendship, more than a friend, less than lovers. And I think that's, that's the beauty of my life is uh, uh, I'm going at my own pace and I'm dealing it on my own terms because I know that I'm not ready. Not because society tells me I should be 
with someone or maybe my parents tell me I should be with someone or my age tells me I should be with someone at this age. It's more of, I think I'm still learning more about myself. I'm having that relationship with myself over the years, knowing what I don't want rather than opposed to what I want. Because if I knew what I wanted, I'd probably be with it, right? But I think over the years, it's really filtered on what I don't want in a person. But it's also helped me being single, peel the layers and work on myself. And I think if all of us had worked on ourselves first before getting into a relationship, not saying that it doesn't work going into one, but if we had worked on ourselves and have a truly genuine relationship with ourselves and, and find out our strengths, our weaknesses, our, uh, you know, all the layers that we have, we'd be more in healthier relationships. Um, and I feel that the way I see it is the happiness that I have, I think that's why I don't get into one because I feel like I haven't yet met that person maybe who's also full of life and, and wanting to share their zest for life, not sharing their life with me because I make their life happy. I think we, we, we mo- majority of the times, you know, we're conditioned growing up that our life is not full. It's only half. And I think we should be full first. Both parties should be full and then enter one. And that we should seek relationships not to find happiness, but to share our own happiness and influence and enhance our happiness for life. I think if we did that, we'd have more healthy, more genuine relationships because we both love life. And, and that's where I'm going at is is I haven't met that person maybe or and I'm not ready yet. And that's okay because um, – there's no pressure. I'm just taking it one day at a time. As long as I, I'm, I'm happy with the choices I make each day, each moment, right now, that's all that matters. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, right now. You know, I can completely relate to what you're saying, Tony, because when I was in my 20s, uh, there was a lot of... Um, pressure to, you know, settle down. And it's my community. I'm, you know, from an Asian background and it's always about starting a family young and so on. But I remember in my twenties saying, I don't even know who I am. You know, I don't even know what I want. I'm a, I'm still a child. And I have a lot of friends who were getting married at that time, but I chose to make some different choices. And I really committed to like my own journey of self-discovery. I was doing a lot of meditation. I was exploring myself. I was doing a lot of healing work on myself. And it took me about 10 years. I think at the age of 30, even then I was like, oh no, I'm still on this you know, journey. I'm not ready to you know, make it forever with one person. I'm not ready to like commit my life to a relationship or a family. And I was, I love the freedom to take classes and explore and just keep growing. And, um, somehow, you know, my, my husband, my now husband just came into my life and just changed everything. Um, (laughs) I was not prepared to settle down, but really he came in and, and he was the person, you know, he was the person that I knew I was going to be with and I could have waited and I could have taken a couple of years or I could have just said yes, which is what I did. You know, I said yes after meeting him a month later when he proposed, I actually said yes. Um, Cause I knew, I knew this was it, but I'm so glad I waited. I was in my thirties when I got married. I had my first child when I was 35, which I know by you know, Filipino standards by Indian standards, that's really late. But for me, it was perfect timing because I knew who I was. 
And I think going into my relationship as an adult with a very clear idea of who I am made the relationship extremely easy. Like I'll say for me, marriage was the easiest relationship I've ever had. And, you know, I was in and out of relationships since I was maybe 16. And um, when I got into my marriage, that was it. You know, I, I had no desire to look anywhere else to, you know, do anything else. It was just perfect timing and I was ready. So I really wanted to share that with you and, and to listeners out there because a lot of people have this pressure, you know, to find the perfect person at a young age. And I don't think that's the case. I think that we have to find ourselves first and then look for the other person. And like you said, you have to be complete. Yeah. You know, being, being Asian is not easy. You know what I mean? Especially when you have a lot of relatives and I'm so, I'm so secure with myself that it doesn't bother me. Like I know for others it does, you know, it, it, it chips away, you know, it, it, it builds up. But for me, it's like, no, I know what I'm doing. I really know. And I'm not ready. There's something that's, that's, that still needs to be done for myself. And I would be lying. I'd be lying to myself if I just got into the next relationship just for the hell of just getting married and having kids. And that's not fair for her or for me. And I think that's one of the things is how I was able to keep single is I just want to be true to myself. I don't want to be in a relationship for just the sake of just being with one. You know what I mean? I'd rather stay single because I feel like I want to be single. If I want to date, I can date. You know, I mean, just tell the truth that, hey, I'm, um, most girls will get mad at me or most, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't go the way it plans. But would you really like everything to go as planned as everything that you picture it to be? You know what I mean? If you knew how every movie ended or if you knew how every sitcom ended because you know, that'd be boring. So I'm very spontaneous and I think that's why I, I attract those kind of people. You know, people who who just want to have fun and have, you know, enjoy for the time being. You know, I'm, I'm, I consider myself, you know, the vacation, not the destination for now, Ooh. for now, for now, for now. I don't know when I'll let you know. I'll be on the next podcast when I decide that. <laughs> hey, hey, look, I got a ring, you know, but that's not anytime happening soon. Not, not, not that I, not that I know of. Be, be careful what you say, uh, especially on a, on a radio, on a podcast. You might uh, be biting your words. I'm like, tomorrow, so now, yo, we got to do another podcast. What the? We just finished <laughs> No, no. I met this girl, gas station, pumping gas. She looked at me, I looked at her, and I knew. I knew. You know, the funny thing is, you're probably going to have a story like that. You're going to come to me one day and you're going to be like, Sanaya, I don't know what happened, but, you know, I'm getting married. And I'm going to be like, Tony, I told you so. Yeah, Jose Cuervo took over and she was serving She was serving us and, you know, I couldn't say no. <laughs> Ravi, it was Ravi's shots. Ravi ordered <laughs> Oh, my. All right. So I have um, another question for you though this is going to take a little bit more of a serious uh, turn. So ever since I've known you, Tony, I've always felt that you're in constant search of something. It still eludes you, but you're like searching. You're looking for something you haven't found it. And I think maybe this is something that drives your spiritual search. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? I guess it was uh, 
when I first moved here, you know what I mean? And when you're put in a situation where survival instincts come into, come into place, it's either fight or flight mode and you don't have enough money. You don't know if you're going to survive the next day. You turn to either your friends, family, maybe illegal substances, maybe women, maybe uh, you turn to a vice or you turn to a higher being, whether it be a religion of, uh, or change of faith or a sect. And 98, 99, I was like, okay, what the hell am I doing? I was like, am I supposed to be here? Did I make the right decision? And I had brought with me this, you know, this Bible uh, in my, in my, uh, it was in a sleeve that, that I, that once in a while I'll read, but I was never, you know, religious, you know, I, I just do the rituals, like go to church and maybe serve, but I was never a practicing, you know, not, no way. And then in 2001 to, I think 2002, I sort of, shifted and and started reading about other sects uh religions and and so forth and i i was reading about kabbalah judaism taoism buddhism hinduism and i thought nothing of it i was just okay all right because I, I i couldn't resonate so well with the bible the, the, the it was just i just felt like i saw so much in this country that was pure hypocrisy that kind of like tainted my appetite for for religion, and I I wasn't resonating with it. I couldn't tap into it, so uh, I tapped into Hinduism from a from a total stranger that told me, "Hey, here's a book you might want to read." This that was 2003, and she's like, "You don't pray, do you?" And I'm like, "No, pray, man. I haven't prayed in like years." She's like, "Oh, you know, maybe you should you should have a devotion. You should be thankful." And I'm like, uh, oof. okay. So I took the book. I had a bunch of mantras and I was like, okay, what's this? So I researched it online and I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, I mean, the sound of, of the mantras and of the prayers. And I was like, oh, okay. It's, it's, it's new. Let's just do it. If it makes me feel good, let's stick with it. And I felt like I could do anything right now to make me feel in a spot where I felt comfortable and at least at ease because everything was just so uncertain with my life. And then from there, it just took off. I stuck with it from three, four until now. And, and now if you ask me, do I have a religion? I don't. Uh, I just, I, if, I, if I see a church, I'll go to church. If I see a temple, I'll go to a temple. If I see, well, not a mosque, but I mean, if, if I'm allowed, I will, I will pray and, and just embrace the energy. In in that in that place in that special place, you you'll catch me if if I, if you see me if driving if I have the windows down I'm always looking up at the sky and just being grateful and thankful like all the time, like I wake up and my 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 the attitude of gratitude of just being thankful before I check my phone I just thanks and before I go to bed thank you you know what I mean I thank the stars the sun and everyone for just being alive right especially now you know you'll you, I'll. You know, people will catch me say, talking to myself, but I'm really just thanking uh, the universe for everything that that's happened and, and, and where I am right now, because uh, it, it's life is such a blessing. And, you know, I'm, it's I couldn't I couldn't have 
drawn it, drawn it in a better way or actually predicted it uh, that it would turn out this way. I mean, I could envision it, but to actually for it to manifest the way it has is been incredible. And it's still a, a work in practice, you know. So I meditate every day. I pray every day. People don't know that. New moon, full moon. I have a little altar where I get flowers. People see me in the... In, I know people see me with flowers. They're like, okay, why, why does Tony Tony have flowers? I actually have an altar. And I put it there. And, and, and I, that's where I sit uh, every day. And I have my plants and my crystals. You know, I'm big on energy. So anything that, that will detoxify or, or replenish my energy, I'm all for it. So I'm a big crystal guy for those that don't and, know. And you're always picking up sage from my store. So definitely, you're all about, you know, these different things. Oh, there you go. You're burning the sage. I do it every day. I like, I burn every day. You know, I think it's, it's so powerful what you've said, that attitude of gratitude. That's what your Instagram reads as well. And I think that, you know, it's really not about maybe religion or spirituality. It's just about being a good human being. It's about, you know, finding the right practices for you that give you strength and make you feel that sense of peace that you talked about earlier. And I think that you've shared so much. I think that will be very helpful for a lot of people who are going through the same things. So I want to ask you one last question, Tony, that if you could tell all our listeners today, like your project loving myself mantra, like what's your, you know, one liner, what's that statement or that piece of wisdom that you want to share with our audience about perhaps your self-love journey or how to inspire them to go on that kind of a journey as you have gone on your life? What would you say? I guess to put it in a nutshell, why I have this disposition is, is, is the name you see on my Instagram. Gratitude facilitates contentment. I mean, the more you practice it, and, and I mean really practice it morning and night, improves your mood your your the sense of uh, i guess feelings it enhances your just feeling optimistic not positive not toxic positivity We're being optimistic the joy pleasure the enthusiasm for life and other emotions that are good for you i mean if you can practice that on a daily basis it will resonate through you through your work family friends and just try it try it religiously try it strictly for like 21 days or more a month of just attitude of gratitude and you'll see how the shift of the things in your life will will just happen and also how you look like when i started changing my mindset i look younger i don't look my age i don't look 30 you know so <laughs> yeah it's just incredible like i look younger now than I do when I was in my in my teens. I don't know how that's possible. I have more hair during my teens, but I mean, I was more, I guess, stressed out for my mom, you know, as a teenager and stressed with, with life as opposed to now where just let life take its course. Don't, you know what I mean? Just the attitude of gratitude. So you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Don't have to worry about the past. You know, just focus on the now, the present. And, just do good. Just be good. And be yourself. Just be. I think when you just be, you can be a little bad, you can be a little good, whatever. It doesn't 
there's, you know, I mean, there's, there are just labels, and that's how I'm able to. If you're asking me, I remember you asked me, how am I able to do both? I'm just being myself. I don't care what people think of me. I just want to be myself. As long as I'm not endangering anyone or harming anyone, I'm just being myself. And and I think when you practice being mindful, I don't do it all the time, but when you are, at least you're not getting in deep shit. You know, what I mean, you're 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 able to stop yourself from going overboard. But just be yourself. You know, I mean, when you when you're yourself, uh, you don't have to prove anything to anyone anymore, uh, and you'll you'll be so much happier. Like so much, trust me. I mean, even if you're having the worst day, when you are, when you can actually just be yourself, the bounce back from having a bad day is much easier when you're yourself. You know, you can you can deal with your emotions. And one other important thing is, I think it's important that we learn to to choose how we think and what we think. That's so important, our mental health wise, uh, because when you control that. You can control your destiny or your your whatever you want to call it. Your you can manifest it so much more when you control your 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 mind and your thoughts. Uh, internally, there's so much more. But physically, take care of yourself. That's that's a, it's a, a small department. And then also exercise is important. But really, it's it's the mental what you think and 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 how you feel. To choose the right things to think of, and you'll see yourself just manifesting the things that you want in life because you're making those choices. I hear you completely, Tony, and I resonate with everything you've said. Honestly, this has been such a great conversation. I loved, you know, all the things we've discussed. This dialogue has been, I think, really powerful and important for for everyone listening so i really have to thank you and um i really appreciate everything you've heard i don't know if they'll believe it <laughs> it's true this is the real tony tony this is the man behind the mic well it's definitely the 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 fire that keeps it that keeps well you see the bonfire on the show but uh, the real fire is is this. I mean, this is what keeps me sane and, and grounded. It's my practice. This is your truth. Yes. Yeah. Yep. This is yeah, this is my truth. Wow. So what did you think of my conversation with DJ Tony Tony? I mean, wasn't this just not the person that you probably expected him to be? I mean, from the time I met Tony more than five years ago, I've always noticed that he has his public personality and then he has his private side. And I've always really deeply connected with that side of him. And I guess he shares a lot of the same beliefs and thoughts that I do about healing and, you know, self-awareness and self-discovery. And that's really why I wanted him to be on the show. And I wanted to share all these things that he has going on in his head with all of you. So let me know what you thought of this episode. Comment on at Project Loving Myself Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, do follow at Sanaya Gurnamal on all social media channels. Please give me a rating on Apple Podcast as well so I know how we're doing. Thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself. 
This is a podcast that I created for you and for me so we can focus on our personal growth, on our well-being journey and talking to people like Tony Tony and many of the other guests that I have on the show. I think we can all learn a lot. I think we can all think a little bit more deeply about the way we're living our lives and the choices that we're making. Now your project loving myself thought for the week. When you realize your self-worth, you stop giving everything to other people. This is Sanaya saying you are loved on the Project Loving Myself podcast powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello Fresh. 